Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And we are talking about cultivating and living heart consciousness. As we can see, this is actually taking center stage on our entire planet as incredible light is coming in and hearts are opening, whether you may be aware of it or not. Actually, everyone listening to this program is fully aware of it. And we know that this is the course of our planet. My guest today is Netta Wattels, and she is an energy healer, but also an animal communicator who's done over 8,000 hours in animal communication sessions. She's here with us today exploring this heart consciousness. Let's welcome Netta Wattels to Quantum Conversations. Hello, Netta. Hello, Laurent. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on Quantum Conversations. I'm really very grateful and very excited to have this opportunity to share with others about opening their hearts and living fully in their hearts. Yes, you're actually going to be taking some questions. And if you are on the phone listening, you can, or you can join by web call and you can, um, un, we can unmute you and you can share your voice and ask Netta your question. All right, so Netta, this is beautiful. When I first met you and learned about your single most important message with the world, it is heart consciousness. So let's take a quick moment and get everyone into that space. Perfect. So I invite everyone on the call right now to just take a moment to settle into the seat wherever you are sitting and take a deep breath in and exhale that breath. Let yourself relax. Breathing normally, allow your attention to come to your heart center, right in the middle of your chest at your breastbone. 
Your heart center or chakra is a spinning vortex of energy. Your heart chakra is a beautiful flower. And with just a thought, with an intention, allow your heart center to gently open until it feels comfortably open, however large that opening may be. You have a second heart chakra. That one is located in your back, right between your shoulder blades. Allow your attention to go to the second heart chakra on your back. And with just a thought, just an intention, allow that heart chakra to open as fully as is comfortable. Again, just like a flower. These chakras, these vortices, have roots inside your body, and they're supposed to connect, and they do in fact connect front to back. So now, with your breath, take a breath in, and as you exhale, see the connection strengthening between the front and the back heart chakras. And as you exhale and inhale, and throughout our program, know that your heart centers together now are fully open, and energy, consciousness, awareness, compassion, and love are flowing up and back. You can listen now from your heart chakra. Feel the connection and allow yourself to receive through your heart. Namaste. Namaste. That is beautiful and so soft. And so let's talk a little bit about listening to the messages of the heart. As we allow this heart space to be open, these two heart centers, what are some of the ways that we can listen and understand and know? Well, it's a daily practice, really, to be in your heart. This is something that many people are not used to, although many are now learning to be there. And so when you wake up in the morning, when you sit down to eat a meal, when you get in your car to drive somewhere, when you get ready for bed at night, anytime you change what you're doing to something else, you can check in. Is your heart open? Mostly we tend to think of the front chakra, but the back one's just as important. Yeah. And so you can just check, is my heart open? And the flower image is really a powerful one for many people. You can pick your favorite flower. It can be a daisy, can be a rose, can be a lily, whatever feels right. And if it's not open, you can just give it that little gentle encouragement to open a little bit. Now, this is so exciting to me because I heard a story on the radio one day that blew my mind. I don't even remember what the program was, but someone was saying that she knew another woman 
who had been walking down the street at night in a city, and a man grabbed her, and he had a knife. Now, most of us would immediately go into fear. That's, that's mm-hmm. the typical and normal reaction. Mm-hmm. But what this woman did was she had so much heart awareness that she opened her heart and she sent him love. And he dropped the knife and ran. Wow. That story gives me chills. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. That's the power of heart awareness. And she did this just um, from her heart. She didn't say anything or did she? Do you know? I don't know if she actually said anything. They didn't. The, the woman who told the story didn't say mm-hmm. that she even spoke a word. She just yeah, sent not. him love energy, and yeah. that's the heart is the seat. First of all, our soul is connected into our heart. That that wonderful song, "This Little Light of Mine," I'm going to let it shine. Where is that little light? It's in your heart center. Our spirit cord used to be connected down at the navel in the in the uh, sh- in the sacral chakra area, but some years back, and I, I time my time sense is kind of wandering all over the place these days. Some years back, we all heard those of us who were spiritually aware at the time that it was moving up, and it's now in our heart. Mm. So our spirit cord is in our heart. Our connection to our soul is now in our heart. Heart is who we are. And through this ascension process, one of the things that's happening is that the chakras are expanding. All of them are. And they're merging. And ultimately, we're going to be just one big heart chakra. When people think about opening their heart chakra, you know, if you if you visualize a flower, you probably visualize a flower that you've seen so even if you pick the largest rose that you've ever seen, when you imagine it opening, it's not, you know, it might be four or five inches across. But when your heart chakra is fully open, it's as wide as your torso. Because the chakras, the roots are inside the physical body, but they extend out through all of the energy bodies. So your heart center is really enormous. Imagine if you could open it all that way. Now, for many people, that not, might not be comfortable right now. We're not used to doing that. So we want to be gentle, and we want to allow our heart chakra to open as large as is comfortable. So if you make it a daily practice, several times a day, heart, are you open? Well, how about opening a little bit? And during this very stressful time, if you make that a practice, you'll start discovering the power of love to dissolve fear. And I really yeah. want to give people clues about that. And I'll repeat that, the power of love to dissolve fear. So what a perfect time on our planet as we're actually seeing a lot of fear. And we're actually picking up on it too. Many of the empaths are definitely picking up on it. So um, I love what what you shared there, Netta, because if we can ask, is my heart open, we don't have the mind to get in the way. We can tell by how we feel. And when we're being judgmental 
or worried or in fear, then our heart is not open. Even when we're angry or jealous or feeling shame or humiliation, Mm. all of those emotions are all rooted in fear. They're different expressions of fear. But divine love is more powerful than any of that. And it lives in our hearts. You may not be able to find it easily right now because our hearts have been cluttered up with what I like to call 3D debris. Sometimes I like things to rhyme. 3D debris is any lower vibrational emotion, thought, belief, energy pattern, that's gotten stuck in our body from all the time we've spent in 3D. And I think of it as debris because it's really, you know, we we need to be cleaning house inside ourselves. So this is stuff that needs to be, you know, swept up, knocked the cobwebs down, vacuumed away, tossed in the trash, and taken into the higher realms to be transmuted. And it's an ongoing process, as I'm sure all of you on this call, no, because we're all doing it. Consciously, unconsciously, we're all doing it every day to some degree. So the power of love is to help you forgive yourself and learn to trust yourself and learn to nurture yourself and many other things. Be generous with yourself. You know, it all starts with ourselves. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. How can you give from an empty cup? What can you offer anyone if you're not filled up to overflowing? Well, you can be when you're living from your heart. Because love is infinite, all-powerful, eternal, limitless. And you, as a divine being, have access to as much love as you choose. It's your choice. So when you go into fear or anxiety or terror or panic or even anger, what I like to do, this is my favorite technique, I sit myself down and I imagine that Whatever that emotion is belongs to my ego self because the job of the ego is to keep us in limitation. That's why the ego was invented. Mm -hmm. It's the part of us to keep us in the 3D limited beliefs. You know, 3D is like playing a game. We have a bunch of rules. We all have to follow the rules. And if you don't have rules, you don't have a game. And you can't win unless you follow the rules. And so everything gets squished down into limitation. You know, that's what limitation is. It's a bunch of rules. And the ego was designed to be kind of like the referee, you know, make sure we stay in the boundaries, color within the lines, all of that. And I think of my ego really as a little child when I go into these intensely limiting emotions. And what do little children need when they're afraid, when they're anxious, when they're angry? They need to be held. And they need to be loved. So when I get into that space, 
I sit myself down and I say, okay, ego, come on over here. And I imagine my ego climbing onto my lap like a two or three-year-old or four or five-year-old child. And I wrap my arms around my ego. And then I say to my I am presence, please surround and fill both of us with divine love, infinite, unconditional, limitless love. And I can feel that love coming in. And the minute I start to feel that, it's amazing. The transformation is instantaneous. I start to calm down. The ego aspect of me starts to calm down. And the limiting emotion dissolves. And if you have the patience to sit there long enough, it really will completely disappear. And then your ego feels better and you feel better. And then you can get up and go about whatever is next for you in the now moment. This mm -hmm. really works. Yes, you are explaining what processing is. We are processing, right, and allowing yeah. those feelings to be transmuted again through love that we cultivate. We can cultivate this within ourselves. So that is really very, very good. Yes, we can. And, you know, the other thing is that some people have have cluttered up their heart and not intentionally but in the course of living in this lifetime mm -hmm. and other lifetimes and you know they, they may be holding some of these intense um uncomfortable i don't want to use the word negative because emotions are really not positive or negative they just are but you know some of those heavier feelings and right now, that stuff is up in everybody's faces. I mean, even just stress is a feeling. Mm -hmm. And well, okay, so the question is now, how do, we, how do we get this stuff out of our hearts? How do we get it out of our, you know, wherever we're holding it in our bodies? And that's what I like to do in, in the spiritual empowerment coaching work that I do. Because to take your power back means to be able to be in charge of what you feel, what you believe, what you think, and what you choose to do. Nobody can give somebody else their own personal power. The other person has to take it. My job is to facilitate a situation where they feel like they can step forward and take back their power. You can't give somebody back their power because then they haven't, you know, then it's not theirs. Mm. We've all been taught to give our power away from the first moment we're born. Whether somebody whacks us in the butt or even if it's a gentle birthing process, the first thing we're taught is that somebody else is in charge. Our thoughts, our feelings have to come second mm -hmm. to that of our parents. Our older siblings tell us what to do. We go to school and we have to follow the rules. And if, if we have thoughts or feelings, if we have awarenesses that don't fit with all of this, that all gets pushed aside. We're taught to survive, and believe me, Loran, it's it's astonishing to me 
as a star seed coming to this planet when I did in such density of 1945, the end of a horrendous world war. Yeah, you heard the, the call. You heard, you I, heard Earth's I, call. <laughs> but when I when I came in, it was such a horrendous time. Yes. I mean, we think times are tough now, Painful. and they definitely are. Mm-hmm. But the density of that period was yes. enormous, mm-hmm. and we were all taught not to listen to our own bodies, not to be aware of our feelings, not to pay attention you know, to what we want or what we need to follow somebody else's rules. So many Mm -hmm. people today put their faith in, you know, the doctor should decide for me what my treatment plan is. Um, The school is going to tell me what I need to learn. The the church or temple or, you know, the the religious structure is going to tell me what to believe. When you go into your heart... You will know what's true for you and what isn't. You'll just know. You'll be guided because your soul's right there. Your I am presence is right there. Yes. So that's part of getting Otherwise your power known as back. the higher self. Right. Yes. That, that's how you get your power back, by learning to go within and to help all the parts of you, all the, all the, physical parts, all the emotional, mental parts, and the spiritual parts of you to say, okay, this does not resonate. Out the door, into the vortex, into the higher realms. This resonates. I had times in my life, you know, my parents were very challenging people. But the one thing, or one of the things that they did really well was they wanted us to get good educations. So my sisters and I went to really good schools. But we were not taught ever to listen to what we want, what our bodies want, what felt right for us. We were supposed to do the plan Mm -hmm. the parents laid out. Mm -hmm. And I got to a certain point in my life where I realized that following my father's plan of how to make decisions, his idea of how to make decisions was you you collect all the information and you look at the data and then you make a logical choice. And then you put your emotion behind your choice. That didn't work for me. Anytime I made a decision that way, it was a disaster. I even ended up with my horse lame, you know, seriously lame, because I made a decision to go with a certain trainer based on logic. It it just didn't work. And at that point, in fact, that exact experience taught me that I had to go with what feels right for me. And as soon as I made that shift, my life started to fall into place. It was amazing. Now, for some people, logic works, but it doesn't work for me. So we each have to know What's right for ourselves? Learn to trust ourselves. Support and nurture ourselves. Be generous and kind and loving to ourselves. And that's what being in the heart is all about. Yes. And that is the way of new earth. And as you said, the the soul resides there. The higher self is there. Mm -hmm. That sacred heart is literally a portal 
to the quantum field, the access to the the higher mind, even if you will, and all the information is there. So that's that's our goal is to be so deeply connected in that. Let's talk about heart walls a little bit and how we can remove any of that because we can't if if we have heart walls that's going to really hold us back that's really the first place to start it is i just i learned about heart walls from dr bradley nelson who was the person who brought through the emotion code which Mm -hmm. is all over the internet these days and I was really excited because, you know, his description of how he found the heart wall was that um, in working with the emotion code with his family, with, with his wife in this case, he had this discovery that she had a wall. And he was able with muscle testing, kinesiological testing, to determine that, you know, it looked like it was made of, I think it was like boards of wood. And it was so deep, you know, so many inches deep. Um, And so, you know, he was able to gather that kind of information from what he calls the subconscious. And then through the techniques of the emotion code, the heart wall can be removed. And the techniques of the emotion code, they are amazing at being able to quickly identify and quickly release from the body emotional blocks regardless of where they are in the body. But anyway, the concept of the heart wall that he developed was that when we have a trauma, any trauma at any age, that our subconscious mind, to use his terminology, feels that our heart is going to break. I mean, your physical heart can break from an emotional trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. What the subconscious does is it looks around in the body and it says, oh, here's some emotional energy over here. I'm going to start using this. You know, it looks around for whatever's there and it builds a wall. My heart wall was from here to the moon. That's a long way. Yeah. I had discovered in psychotherapy years before that my inner child, one of my inner children, was sitting in a spacesuit on the moon to be safe with vacuum all around her. Now, it took a while to get my heart wall down. But when you, when you take your heart wall completely down, it gives you greater access to your heart, which means you then have greater access to where your heart wants you to go, more information from your heart. If you have a heart wall, you're not letting in all the love that you could be receiving, and you're not able to send love out freely to uh, those you want to share your love with. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I I have now worked with heart walls that were made of brick. Some of them look like Rapunzel's Tower. Some of them are wire, barbed wire. Some uh, of them are um, rubber. I've had rubber. Okay, yeah. I mean, they can be, <laughs> they can be made of. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes sometimes people have little windows in their heart wall where they can peek out. I had uh, I worked with one person. Her heart wall was made of all these vines tangled up together, kind of uh, like um, that. What's that, that fairy tale? Uh, 
the princess who pricks her finger on the spinning wheel and she sleeps forever and all these vines go up around the castle and the prince has to hack his way through all the vines to get to her heart, to get to her. So heart walls can look like anything and be made of anything, but there is a process for taking them down. And when you take your heart wall completely down, I mean, we put in a shield of protection because it's a whole, it's a little scary at the very end. But when the heart wall finally comes down, I tend to see it as it, it, it's like an ocean wave coming up on the beach, and the last of the sandcastle just dissolves away. And then we give people a shield because they may not feel completely safe now that the heart wall's down. But then, the, so they have the shield to keep out anything that might be um, a little difficult for them to deal with. And then what happens is you start to open up in new ways. It's made such a difference for me in in how open I am, in how nurturing I am with others, in how comfortable I am in situations that I may not have been in before, and with my own animals. Because one of my cats came to me with about 11 or 12 lifetimes of horrendous abuse. She was killed in horrible ways. She was tortured. I mean, I'm not going to go into detail because it's just too awful to even really say out loud. But as a kitten, one of the things I did when I got her at about six months of age, I knew she needed to be connected. And so I made that heart connection. This was after my heart wall was down. I was able to make that heart connection. And she started crawling in my shirts and mm. lying on my heart curled up like a little baby to get the nurturance that she needed. It was so powerful. Well, this is a good segue to animal communication because we need to be in the heart. It's through the hearts that we pick up on that. So let's talk about your work with animal communication. You can. How did you come to have this skill or... Uh, enhance this skill? When I was very little, we lived in the country from the time I was three years old. And I mean real country in those days. You couldn't even see another house. And this was in Dutchess County, New York. And we had animals. We had cats and we had dogs. And I always could feel what the animals wanted. I'm a very strong emotional empath, even with humans. Now, I was very fortunate because instead of my parents giving me a really hard time about it, they would kind of pat me on the head and say, well, you're just pretending, dear. And I was allowed to pretend. That was an acceptable thing. Too many other people get their telepathic abilities shut down because Others react negatively. And, I mean, I've had conversations with human infants, and mm. I know that babies are telepathic. We're all born telepathic to some degree. And we're becoming more so now. Our psychic abilities are expanding as we go higher vibrationally, as our DNA, some of the DNA that's been shut down, 
in the past is being activated and all of that supports our psychic ability. But the exciting thing for me about telepathy was I kept it in compartments. You know, I, I was pretending over here, having animal communication, kind of in little one little cubby hole in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I was having life. I was, you know, going to school and all the other things that we do. And then one day, I, a friend of mine who was a veterinarian came back from a conference and handed me a book by Penelope Smith, who's kind of like the grand dame of animal communication because she really has spread the word. And it was a book called Animal Talk, and I was very much a, a, a self-starter. And so a little thin paperback, I thought, oh, great, I'm going to learn how to do this. See, this is how much it was compartmentalized. I thought I was going to sit down and teach myself animal communication by reading this book. And Penelope is very well organized and writes beautifully. And so step by step, I forget how many steps, but, you know, you have to have this kind of attitude and belief. And then you have to approach things this way. And then you do this and this and this. By the time I got to the end of it, I was sitting in my house with my mouth hanging open. I could not believe it. But what she had shown me was that I had been doing this my whole life. So the first thing I did was get in the car and go to the barn to see my horse, Echo, who was my teacher and friend and has been with me multiple lifetimes uh, in many different forms. Anyway, I went to see her to apologize because, you see, when I was around horses, I was always talking to them and I was always understanding them. But that never clicked into the rest of my brain in terms of really treating her like a sentient sapient being you know fully aware Mm. fully feeling fully intelligent i mean i knew she was intelligent i knew she could feel but you know there had been this wall the wall was down so i come in and i still didn't realize i could do it from a distance because i drove to the barn (laughs) so i walk in and i go to her stall where she is and i start apologizing and saying you know my god you know i i i've been treating you unfairly and her response absolutely brought tears to my eyes and blew me away she said you take care of me and I take care of you and I had to stop and think about that okay she takes care of me I mean when she and I came together in this life she had been a broodmare. She knew almost nothing about being ridden. And I was a brand new person in the world of riding, which in the horse world, anyone will tell you that is the absolute disastrous combination. You don't take an ignorant person and put them with an ignorant horse. But for us, it worked. And we learned together. And looking back now, in 22 years of our being together, she never lost me. I never fell off her. And we learned a lot, and we had a great time, and and it was a beautiful life together. So, but then I started thinking about the other ramifications of this, because she had been teaching me. I took a a riding lesson one time, a private lesson, where we were learning how to jump. And... There's a particular pattern that you do. Usually for a beginner, you have a jump, and then you have another jump, and then you go around a turn, and you come over another jump. 
And, you know, you want something a little bit for the horse to figure it out. And the rider basically is supposed to kind of stay out of the horse's way. You know, you don't want to hold them back. You don't want to push them too hard. You want them to figure out how to do this pattern and just sort of guide them. And she was really, really smart because you only really had to ever do things twice before she kind of figured it out. So we went through once and the instructor stopped me and gave me some instructions. And then we went through again and over the last fence, I heard a voice, and I swear to you, Loren, it was as clear as if you had been standing there next to me speaking to me, like I was hearing it with my physical ears. And I heard this voice say, oh, now I've got it. Mm-hmm. And, I, mm-hmm. and, I, <laughs> and we, la- we landed, and the instructor said, go again, go again, and we went around again, and she had it. She knew exactly when to take off, when to land, when to speed up. She had it. So we stopped, and I said to the instructor, whose name was Mary Ellen, I said, Mary Ellen, did you say anything when we were over the air, over that jump the second time? And she goes, no. And there's no other human in sight. Uh huh. Echo was teaching the animal communication not that I wasn't doing it before, but now she, you know, once I was aware, it was time to, you know, turn up the heat and really get Netta to do this. And it worked. I mean, she was my teacher in so many ways. I opened spiritually in so many ways. I took courses. She had an injury and I took um, the Silva method course. It was called Silva Mind Control at the time because I wanted to learn psychic healing because I wanted her to be sound. Because I, she was so much fun to ride, I couldn't imagine not riding her. And that worked. And just on and on, all these different things she was teaching me, and now she's in spirit, and she still teaches me. And she's also here as my Siamese cat, Starlight. Interesting. And so how she many teaches- How many years apart were they incarnated? The horse, and then now the Echo, le- Echo left her body in 1998. Starlight came back in 2012. Talk about a year to come back. So that was what about yeah, 14 okay, years or something. How did you know? And so, how did you make that connection with your cat? Okay, so once Echo had left her body. And I have an article on my website about that whole process that the day we did euthanasia for her, that that's a mind-blowing article. I don't want to get into that now. People can go to my website, raysofhealinglight.com, and read that. It's called Echo's Transition. But anyway, once she left her body and um, she was gone about three days, she, you know, she went and did all her transition work. And then she showed up in the house this huge energy she fills an entire room wraps me up in these big pegasus wings Uh and she was with me ever since then she helps me in healing work she helps me talking to animals who are afraid of humans who are not their own person Uh, i could call on her for anything and i would go for walks in i live in a neighborhood where you can walk in the street very safely and every so often she'd show up and she'd come galloping past me. She was an Arabian, so her tail is up and her long mane is flying. And then she'd come around and, and come back and we'd chat. So anyway, one day I'm getting ready to go out to take a walk. And she shows up 
starts talking to me while I'm putting my shoes on. I'm like, oh, hi, nice to see you. And she says, yes, I have something important to talk to you about. Okay, what is it? I'm coming back as a cat. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> she Every time I talk to a horse client or someone about buying a new horse, she would pop in and go, are you getting a new horse? I'm like, no, this is the client getting a new horse. She loves being mm-hmm. a horse, and mm-hmm. she wanted to come as a horse. But it became clear that for various reasons this was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So she decided that since I have cats, and, and I'm very much a cat person in a lot of ways, as well as a horse person, that she it was time for her to come back, and she was going to come as a cat. And she had picked out the cattery where she was going to come, where one of my other cats had come through there. Mm-hmm. And that those people are very open to animal communication and the spirit world. And so she came to announce this, and I said, you know, there there are two cats living in the house, and we need a family conference. I mean, you just can't ca- announce that you're showing up. And she said, well, it's all arranged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly in charge of my life. This is an illusion I have. Anyway, um, so we all had a family conference, and it was finally agreed, because the other cats were older. You know, I was going to bring this little kitten in. And um, anyway, she had already she had already picked out the mother. I call up the cattery and oh yeah, we have this one cat and she's due in a couple of weeks. And I said, okay, well you know, Echo's coming through, so be aware. So I you know the cattery, you have to send a deposit. I sent a deposit in. Anyway, a couple of weeks go by, and I'm trying not to be overly excited and drive the people at the cattery crazy. All right, so I don't keep calling other kittens yet. But I'm sitting here having a cup of tea, and I hear I'm blind. Just out of nowhere, I'm blind. But Mm -hmm. Echo and I were so connected that I knew immediately it was her. And then it dawned on me, horses are born with their eyes open. The foals, they have to have their eyes open, be able to stand up and nurse very quickly because in the wild, they have to be able to run to survive. Kittens are born with their eyes shut and they're closed for at least a week, Uh, maybe even two. So I had to explain this to her. You're not blind. You're a kitten now. (laughs) And then the next thing she said to me was, I have fingers. Horses stand on one hoof, right? Yeah. Each of their legs is like is like one finger. So I knew she'd been born, but I still controlled myself. This was a Saturday morning. By Monday, I couldn't control myself anymore. I called the cattery. Sure enough, the kittens were born Saturday morning. And she also announced herself to the people at the cattery. So I had some friends um, who were living in South Carolina. They were coming north. And I asked them if they could pick up this kitten. And I trusted the, I trusted the people of the cattery because I, I had gotten another cat from them, and, and they were so tuned in. And so this beautiful kitten, I, I meet the folks over um, across the Hudson River at a place we had agreed to meet, and I, and I just knew. You know, people say to me, is my animal coming back? And I go, you know, I tell them whatever the animal says. And then they say, well, how am I going to know them? How am I going to recognize them? And it's the heart again. Mm-hmm. It's the soul connection. When you look in their eyes, 
you know. I, I looked at that kid. I knew it was Starlight. I knew. And Echo had given me the name Starlight. But this is going to be her name. And this was another interesting story because when I would take Echo on trail rides, often we would go alone. We didn't always have people to ride with. And I used to sing her. There was a rock song at the time. You are my shining star. And I used to sing that to her all the time. She told me this kitten was going to be named Starlight. I didn't put it together until I'm sitting here at my computer and I have that mm-hmm. song on my computer. I play the song and this kitten's <laughs> eyes light up. She knew the song. So she sent me. Wow. That's it. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't even need the proof. But what amazed me, it was just so incredible <laughs> to see this wonderful kitten. So Starlight is now eight years old yesterday. <laughs> so I don't need proof of reincarnation, although one day I did sit down and make a list of all the ways that this kitten and the horse version of Echo all the things they had in common. It was like 22 things. It was amazing. So animal communication, you know, animals are spirit in a body, but they can be spirit out of a body. And that's really the only difference in talking to them. It's just being able to connect with with their spirit, with their soul, and with their personality. And you, you can learn to talk to all these different levels of someone, just like you and I. You know, we can connect at the soul level. We can connect at the I am level. We can connect as we are right now, talking through our physical forms. Mm. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, this heart-centered, this heart consciousness that we're speaking of, Netta, I want to go back to that topic because – we, you know that the animal communication comes through it. So when we move into unity consciousness this year, look what's happening. We're seeing it. And we're seeing that the collective is not so tolerant on some of those old structures that were based on greed and um, domination and superiority. And we're starting to see beautiful shifts there. So when we talk about new earth and fifth dimensional living, it truly is this heart consciousness. And so um, let's have you share another process or a meditation, if you will, or a strategy that will really help us continue to cultivate this heart space. Well, I would. What I really like to do is have people do an exercise where they use love to dissolve some emotion that is making them feel trapped right now. Yeah. I described the technique, but let's see if we can help people actually experience it. So let's do some examples. I've gotten some emails lately, and 5G is on the top of everyone's mind. Mm. So would this be an effect? And, and so then, and then another thing I was looking at today, it kind of shocked me. This uh, the fracking situation that brings up emotions within me. So this is what you're talking about, right? We need to go within and dissolve okay. this. Okay. So I would ask you, Loren, and everyone listening, just as you've 
chosen a situation. Each person, choose a situation that you're in right now, whether it has to do with finances, whether it has to do with your kids going back to school or not. You know, mm. pick pick something, or it could just There's be just lot. general stress. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, focusing on, on one thing, all right, yeah. and all right, and focusing on on one emotion. So, Loren, what comes up for you? Is is it fear that comes up? Is it anger that comes up? Anxiety? What what comes up? I get so um, just the okay. So I saw something today that just it was it was. I guess well of course it's all fear because it's it's fear based but there's a little bit of anger over the reckless <laughs> with water I saw something with water and 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 it's like I I had the knowingness that it just didn't seem right so there was anger there that it okay. didn't seem right it didn't seem respectful or it seemed like there was like it seemed like that was kind of sneaky and kind of hidden that's where i that's the feeling mm. around mine okay mm. Mm. okay so let's everyone tune back in let's check in on your heart center which you opened earlier and as you think about what every the particular issue or feeling is that you're going to work on tune into your heart center and see what's happening is it closing as you as you connect with the fear, the anxiety, the anger, is the stress. That's what tends to happen. Your heart starts to your heart center starts to close. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now gently invite your heart to open back up, and invite the part of you that's holding on to that emotion that that you're feeling around whatever the issue is whoever that part is you can think of it as your ego and say come and be loved come climb in my lap wrap yourself you know how a kid will wrap themselves around you wrap yourself around put your arms around this part of you take a deep breath exhale and invite your higher self or your I am presence, however you want to term it, to come and wrap around you like a cocoon of divine, infinite love. See, feel, allow, imagine that love to come in and wrap around you and come also from your heart and wrap around that part of you that you're holding in your arms. Breathe in the love. Be the love. Know that you are the divine self and that this love is more powerful than anything else in the whole universe. Feel the love around you and watch what happens to that other feeling. And keep breathing. And what's going to happen is that other feeling is going to start to dissolve. It doesn't, you may experience it as shrinking, but basically it's just dissipating. It's just going away. 
because the love is transforming it, transmuting it. So what's happening for you right now, Loren? All is well. All is well. The anger that I felt, um, well, I just heard my higher self, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fine. Yes. Mm -hmm. The power of love, the power of love to transmute. And what I love about this, Netta, is that everyone in their own space can feel this shift in their own emotional reset that they've dissolved with this love. And so as we are in these times that are very, uh, let's call these accelerations where if at the begin at the end of this year, December twenty first, twenty twenty, we will be at zero degrees Aquarius. That really is the mm-hmm. Aquarian age coming full in. Unity consciousness for the earth will be a reality. And so this is truly helping us right now. And I can see how this heart consciousness, this heart centeredness, if we as we take this time right now just to be with ourselves and to witness this these emotions that might come up from our judgment of others, from the media, from the world at large, and the great shifts. This was a very powerful tool to cultivate that love and stoke it, stoke it and blaze it. And actually just with the ease of that, feel the emotion dissipate. Isn't that beautiful? Each one of us is a divine creator of our own reality. This is something that we often forget. But we're remembering it now. And we need to remind ourselves on a regular basis. I am the creator of my reality. And I choose a world in which there is no fracking. I choose a world in which there is no more abuse of people, of plants, of animals, of the planet. I choose a world in which everyone shares fully in abundance. I choose yeah. a world in which there is mutual respect and caring Yeah. on this planet. See, we can each choose what we want to experience and in fact we do choose it the question is do we choose it unconsciously based on past programming by going into fear by you know worrying is is worrying is an amazing thing worrying is like praying for what you don't want because you go over it and over it and over it and over it and we <laughs> and trust you, and, in it right we trust in our worry why don't we trust in our own inner wisdom we need to shift that Yes, it is time. It is past due time to shift that. <laughs> so when you catch yourself, you know, I have this other little thing that I love to do. And that is when you find yourself going over and over the same kind of thought. Like I, I used to do this with time. I, I Before I started my own business, my own service that I'm in right now, I worked in the computer world. 
And but I had I had Echo, and I loved taking care of her. So I would get up at like oh I don't know four o'clock in the morning, and I'd have a cup of coffee in those days, and I'd maybe you know have a piece of baked potato or something, toast, whatever, and I would jump in the car and go to the barn, and I would take care of Echo and all the other horses in the barn. That was my morning chore. 24-7, 365, I love taking care of horses. I like feeding them, cleaning stalls, bringing them in, turning them out. That just made my day. And it was a lovely place that I was doing it, and I got to see the sunrise. And it was just, that was my heaven. Then I'd get in the yeah. car, rush home, shower, because they, like they don't like the way horses smell in the office world. I love it, but no. they don't. <laughs> so I had <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid and I first got riding lessons, I would come home and my mother would say, wash your hands for dinner. And I'd go, no, because <laughs> I want to smell my hands as long as possible, the horses. Mm. Anyway, so all right, so I get dressed, get in the car, and I would commute into into the city of Hartford, which was about, in those days, it was about a half an hour commute, and then it got longer because the traffic got worse. Anyway, I commute in to be there by 9 o'clock. And and I would work from 9 in the morning until, I don't know, 5 or 5.30, whenever it was, we used to get done. And I'd commute home, come in the house, dump everything, put on my barn clothes, go to the barn to see my horse, you know, ride or whatever I was going to do, come home, eat something, go to bed, start the next day, the same thing. And I was constantly doing this. And... You know, sometimes when you're working with animals, you, process time is more important than the clock. And so there would be some mornings when I'd be kind of rushing along in commuter traffic, and I wasn't on the interstates. I was on local roads, which was beautiful. Anyhow, I found myself constantly saying, there's never enough time, there's never enough time, there's never enough time. And I thought, oh, my God, that's a mantra. What a thing to put out there. So... I had learned a technique in a course that I took, and the technique was that you take a statement like that and you stand it upside down. You completely turn it to its opposite. So instead of there's never enough time, and now I'm doing this while I'm driving the car, okay? I'm driving into work, and I have this realization that I've got this absurd mantra that I've got it, that I believe. I really believe there was never enough time. So I say, okay, while I'm driving to work, I'm going to see if I can flip this around. So I stand it on his head and I come up with, there's always enough time. I mean, that's exactly how it came out of my mouth. What do you mean there's mm -hmm. always enough time? Mm -hmm. You know, we have clocks, we have deadlines, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, no, I'm just going to go with this. And I started thinking, think about the age of the universe. Time is infinite. The thing to realize is if you have some kind of statement that you're worrying about and you flip it over, if if the new version sounds absurd, then the old one is equally absurd. There's never enough time is equally absurd as there's always enough time. And the minute you put that thought to it that that's absurd... It starts, that kind of creates a crack in your belief. Yes. And so then you rewrite this, not to there's always enough time, but to I have perfect timing. 
I will arrive where I am going at the perfect time. Now, this particular day that I was doing this, I had a 9 o'clock appointment with my manager in his office. And as I'm getting closer to the city, you know, there's traffic lights and, you know, I have to go with the flow. Of the tra- I'm really, it's not like I can just, I can't wait till we can teleport, Loren. I just can't wait. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I me just, either. No, I, I, I couldn't <laughs> teleport to his office. So anyway, so I'm rushing. I get to the parking lot. I park the car. I grab my things. I go to the elevator. I get upstairs. I run down the hall to my office. I pick up my things, and I head down the corridor to my manager's office. And remember, now I've been saying I will arrive at the perfect time, and there's always enough time. There's a line of six people outside his door with questions for him. And inside his office, there's somebody sitting in front of his desk that he's talking to, and he's on the phone. Mm. I burst out laughing. I, I had to leave the hallway and go back to my office and shut the door because I was hysterical. I mean, I just had proof that there always was enough time and I would arrive at the perfect time. I did the same thing once I I was going to take a course and I had to drive about four hours to a place I'd never been before. And I really didn't know where I was going. And, and, and it it was, um, I didn't really know how long it would take me to get there. And so as it was getting closer to the time that the program was supposed to begin, I started my new mantra, I will arrive at the perfect time. There's always enough time. And when I got there about 15 minutes after the time that they said they were going to start, they hadn't started yet. Uh (laughs) They, They were still getting organized. And I have found, I mean, that was just my little lesson. And now one of the things I help people do in my coaching sessions is say, okay, let's take this belief system you have. Let's take it out. But before we take it out, we want to know what we're going to replace it with. And we come up with a really, you know, because these little things that we've memorized, that we've been telling ourselves forever and ever, they have power. Partly because we've been saying them over and over like, you know, 100,000 times. And partly because they're usually worded in such a way that they're intended to be powerful. So we have to rewrite them and it has to have power. And I would help you, Loren, rewrite a statement so that it felt powerful to you and then we take out the old one we put in the new one. Okay. It's implanted. We have time to take a couple questions, too, but let's do that. Okay. All right. So this is, this is down to changing our belief systems, and belief is everything. Um, and the awareness, like what you're talking about is awareness. We're putting our awareness on the belief system. And personally, wouldn't you say, Netta, that that awareness is about, gosh, 75 to 80, if not 90% of the work? The hardest thing is noticing the mantras that you've been telling yourself, catching yourself doing it. That's the hardest part. Okay. All right. So for my example, and this helps everyone listening and according to their example, and then we're going to take a couple of calls and see if we can help someone with their, help them, them shift that phrase so mine would be something about 
I can't say bad words, but like, <laughs> oh, the powers that be are just destroying. So I believe that. Okay, we need like, okay, we need the exact words. Oh well, because I can't those, say it. <laughs> well, then they got to pick something else. Here's the okay. reason why we need the exact words. Those words, in however you phrase it, that's what is embedded inside you. Yes. Those words are in the water in your body, as Dr. Emoto has proven, yes. all right? And they're in the cells of your body, and they're in the nervous system of your body. Okay, yes. Okay. Well, I want to say the mother frackers are, um, oh, goodness, okay. They are destroying the environment. They're harming the environment. That's what I believe. Based on the emotions of what I saw, that that yeah, okay. Those dang those dang people <laughs> that dang industry is um damaging okay, the me, environment. Okay. That's a belief that you have about something that you feel is outside you and outside your control right. how is yeah how is that reflected inside you because remember what we experience out there is a reflection of our inner world so what is your inner belief about the fact that these mother frackers are destroying the environment what do you what do you believe about you know inside you how is this a reflection Mm, I'm going to have to go deep in that. I'm going to have to sit with that because you're right. And so we trace this back. Mm-hmm. And this is going to take more time than this moment now, but that helps yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, it helps me. And it, and it, and it gets highly personal, too. It and does get is, highly personal, yeah. And this is the communion with ourself and the honesty with ourself. And the vulnerability to look at that, right? Yes. And you can't really be courageous unless you can also be vulnerable. I read that somewhere. And when I read it, I went, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Okay. Well, th- this this is true with um, what you said. And, the, and I've talked to people about this. And, you know, this we can lay this on everything in our lives, what you just gave us here. So um, let's go ahead. Go ahead. Did here's, you want to say something? Well, yeah, I do want to say something. One of the things that, that I had said I wanted to do, you know, I, I gave an entire teleclass that is going to be one of the gifts that people, one of the bonus, the bonus gifts. If people go with the third package, there's this recording of a teleclass I did called I Am Perfectly Healthy. Mm-hmm. And there's a, Rather, I mean, the most of that teleclass was a meditation where you work with that concept to get embedded in your body. And with everybody so in fear about Mm COVID-19, I thought it would be wonderful to do a little bit of work embedding I Am Perfectly Healthy inside of people. So we can take calls first if you want, Mm -hmm. and then we can end with that little bit of meditation, or do you want to do it the other way around? I would love actually let's um I want to talk about your people how people can work with you. 
you okay. help people with one-on-one sessions. And I know that people are going to, and then we can take a call and then end with that. That's perfect. Okay. Um, you have, you know, 8,000 hours in anim- animal communication sessions with people. You work with people. So you're offering a session. And this is great because a session with Netta is very affordable and transformational, as we'll see here in a quick moment. Um, Talk a little bit about what happens in your session. Yes, there's a couple of different options there. You've got some digital downloads, but your package with a session includes all of those digital downloads. So it really is a, a really wonderful package for people to work with these tools. So let's talk a little bit about those audios really quick and then sessions with you. Okay, the first package is Your Heart Knows the Way Home. It's 13 recordings of teleclasses that I gave working on really getting into your heart. We work with the the entire chakra system, getting all the chakras cleansed, expanded, activated, you know, functioning at a high level. All of my guided meditations and and healing work involve affirmations as well as a cleansing process, as well as, you know, you setting intentions because that empowers you. All of my work, whether it's animal communication, spiritual empowerment coaching, or energy healing, or, or my classes, all of it is based on empowering people. And which means mm-hmm. that I'm facilitating them taking back their own power. So the mm-hmm. first, the first package is that entire series of meditations and healings. Are those about an hour each? That's like over 13 but, hours. Yeah. Well, they're not an hour each. Some of them, some of them are half an hour. Some of them are 45 minutes. It's, Perfect. I work from higher guidance. I do what my I am guides me to do. However long it was was perfect. Yeah. And that's how yeah. it went. Um, my classes, you know, when I teach classes, it's a little more structured than that and more interactive. Um, my private sessions that we're offering is animal communication. And I want to give this example. Uh, you know, I, I say my animal communication classes are about empowerment, and they are. First of all, they're about helping people understand who their animals are that they have thoughts and feelings and getting, I I do what I call live simultaneous translation. What does that mean? If you're visiting the United Nations and you don't speak the language of the person who's at the podium, you can put on a headset and you will hear a translation of what that person is saying while they're saying it, practically as they're saying it. That's what I do telepathically. My client, my human client needs the phone my animal client and I don't need the phone. So I'm talking with the animal and I'm vocalizing at the same time and the human client gets to ask questions and the animal gets to answer them and I'm I'm basically the translator and the facilitator and the session is designed to come up with a plan of action. So regardless of what the issue is that you want to work on with your animal, we're going to end and there's going to be a plan of action and you both will have agreed to that plan, which means your animal has bought into it and you know it's going to be comfortable for you. And that's what animal communication sessions are about. Now, the empowerment part of that, I had someone call me just last night, um, a woman with a very, very sick dog. And 
the dog has cancer and she can't get to the veterinarians that she wants to get to and she's been working with an emergency center and, and there's a lot of um, confusion and she can't get them to explain things to her that she really needs. And she said to me at the end of the session, she said, you know, in various ways along, this, along the way, she said, I don't know what to do. And I said, look, I can't tell you what to do. I can help you understand the options. I can support you in taking steps to get more information. But you have to make the choices. And that's the empowerment part of it. And I will support people in questioning the doctor, questioning the veterinarian, uh, you know, standing up for their feelings about their animal and not let the old authority figures who say, you know, I'm going to take your power and I know what's best, don't let them do that anymore. So that's part of that. The second private session is the spiritual empowerment coaching, and that's where I use a variety of techniques, including the emotion code when that's appropriate, to help the person with whatever you, with whatever you bring to that session, you're in charge of that session. I don't tell people what to do. I help people look at the options and connecting with their heart and their higher guidance. That's what I said to the woman on the call last night with the, with the dog. She kept saying, I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, let's take some deep breaths. Go into your heart. What is your heart telling you to do? That's what you do. So the coaching sessions are the same kind of thing, except there aren't animals involved. It's you and me. <laughs> And it's whatever comes up for you in the now, you know, whatever is the issue that you bring to it, that's what we focus on. It's your session. You decide where it goes. I'm the guide. I'm the coach. But you're the one who has to make the decisions. And I will give you things to do, things to learn, um, exercises, activities. I taught public school for 10 years. And I, I feel like Teaching is a really important part of who I am. So sometimes I give my clients homework, you know, things, you know, home play, I call it. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> you know, because you have to own it. You have to own responsibility for who you are in your life. So that's the second, um, that's the second option is, is to either get, have an animal communication session or a coaching session. You know, I don't know, Lorraine, if somebody wanted to buy one of each, they could, couldn't they? Yeah, they can buy one of each. They can buy just the meditations and affirmations, or they can buy a private session. They can actually buy a private session, animal communication, and a spiritual empowerment ascension coaching. Yeah. Right, they could. And the reason the ascension is in there is because that's where I come from. We're spiritually going up, and that's who I am. And so with everything I'm doing, to me, these things are not all separate. It's all unity, bringing it all together. And, yeah. and it's, it's, you know, my, my, my service is part of my life. My spiritual, spirituality is part of my life. And then the third package, you get everything. <laughs> you get the, um, my, your heart knows the way home. You get a private session and you get this wonderful bonus. This, this class I did, I am perfectly healthy, where you 
step away from all the programming about how vulnerable your body is. It just, it just, the, the reason I did this class was I just got really incensed, maybe angry, incensed, of all the media hype about how dangerous this virus is without anybody saying anything about, hey, you have an immune system. Without anybody you... talking about how we can boost our immune system, right? Could, um, right, how you can honor your, I know. Yeah, how yeah. you can honor your body, mm-hmm. how you can change your diet and eat healthy food. I mean, mm-hmm. my and I have this idea. Now, this is just me, and I, it's not documented. It's not based on anything in the external world. I personally believe that the higher you vibrate, the less likely you are to get this. Because You're not alone. You, I've heard others mention that, yes. As you come up higher vibrationally, this, this COVID-19, this is a very low vibrational. I check everything out energetically. It's really low. It can't function at the higher frequencies. It's just going to fall away. For those of us who are awake and aware and doing the work to keep our vibration up. And that means... You know, our bodies are changing and we're raising our energy and we're healing ourselves. So you get that bonus call to shift your vibration and to tell your immune system, hey, wake up. You can do it. And we're going to actually experience a little bit of that before we say goodbye today. Thank you. I want to say that it's only an extra $25 to get everything so that is really quite a gift. That's what I mean by affordable. And Netta, you're helping people, and this is really needed at this time. So I personally want to thank you for that. I know the animals thank you for that because so many people have asked, oh, goodness, who's? do you know any good animal communicators? So we like to bring all our animal communicators on this program and connect them with people. Uh, and the animals thank us, too. As you said, it's not just the, the people, the human hearts, but it's also our beloved hearts of our animal kingdom, too. And it doesn't, it's not just domestic pets. It could be horses as well, as we know people have horses. Um, and it could also be for animal communication with pets who have moved on. Right, Netta? Can you communicate? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I can talk to animals in spirit. And you know, it's, most people think in terms of cats and dogs and horses, but lots of people have bunny rabbits, pets, yes. snakes, iguanas. I have yeah. talked to llamas. I even talked to a pet tarantula once. Ooh. Well, that brings me about my bunny. I had a bunny when I was in school. And uh, to make a long story short, the last days of its life, my stepdad freed it because it has some health issues. And my dad was saying it's better to give the bunny freedom in its last hours. And as a 16-year-old, I, I got kind of angry at that. When I went to Peru in 12, 12, 12, I had a dream about my bunny, and my bunny was healed and perfect. Mm. And he came to me and said he was fine, and he was very happy in those last days. <laughs> and you know what? That happens a lot. Echo told me, Echo, my horse, 
when I asked her about euthanasia, she said to me, this is important for all of us who have animals, in the wild, the job of the predator is to take down the sick, the weak, the elderly animals and give them the gift of freeing their soul. Mm. Animals who live with humans don't have animal predators to do that. Mm. It is a gift when you become the predator. But you don't have to do it in the way it's done in the wild. You can do it in consultation with your animal to find out if yeah. they're ready, to share your feelings about their passing, to know how to help them and how to help yourself. And that's another thing that I do with people in, in animal communication sessions. Yes, beautiful. Okay, well, um, that actually helped me heal something, heal the emotions instantly with my yes. stepdad, right? So mm -hmm. cause I was very angry, and, and now that is healed. And that has actually been multidimensional on many levels with my stepdad. He came in as a great adversary simply to be that one to show me to return to love, and that love does Conquer all. It's good. Okay. Yes, it well, does. I want to. I want to go to a caller. Uh, I think it's yeah. Marjorie. Marjorie, hi. You are unmuted. Welcome. Hello. I'm. I'm absolutely amazed and so thankful that you <laughs> picked me. Yay. It's just. Oh, it's tremendous. First of all, I want to share that I loved the process. Uh, where we, you know, really opened our heart chakra, and then when we each picked a situation a while ago, um, I didn't have any specific situation, but the last couple of days, there's just been kind of free-floating sadness and grief yes. coming up. That mm. I, I do a lot of work, so my heart is very open, and I, you know, just let myself go with that. My face actually morphs when I cry, like into the way a little child cries and their face turns really down and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I went with that. I still, I feel like I did clear quite a few layers um, while we were doing that together. The crying came up immediately and then stopped. And then I went into the big yawns, which is always a real clearing, balancing thing for me. So I just want to honor um, the work that both of you do, and I am just so grateful for both oh. of you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Marjorie. That's You're really welcome. beautiful. And, I, you know, I can feel your energy, and you have – I don't know if you feel it right now, but I can feel coming out of your heart there's more energy clearing. You're still clearing. Yes. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't stopped yet. I mean, I've pretty much been dedicated to growing as much as I could spiritually, emotionally, and physically since my mid twenties. And I just had my seventy eighth birthday. And happy ooh, birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. So this is this is still the primary thing that I want to do and, and work at, so that I can radiate and share that energy. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking so about the one um, limiting belief that uh, is probably in there, I know it is, and that I need to get out, is um, as physical things happen, at least for me more of them as I've aged and healed a lot of things, and 
I learned that I need to go back for a second test on my breast. I've always been okay. But I I don't feel a real lot of fear, but there's sadness. And I know that there's part of me that I have dealt with uh, throughout my life, like when I feel really overwhelmed with what I have to deal with, that I will say to myself, please, Lord, please, God, I cannot handle one more thing right now. <laughs> and and that's that's the belief that as I'm listening to you talk about changing it or how, how ingrained that is, that I would love to be at the place where I could really feel or shift myself into I can handle whatever spirit sends me. Yes. And, you know, calling on the Lord for that, you can change here's uh, i'll suggest how to change this to you okay okay but it it has to resonate for you it has to feel strong for you please lord help me handle one more thing right now okay P- i like please, that p- all right if, if that isn't strong enough then let's change it again please lord handle it for me right now <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Another, come on in and handle it because you and the Lord are not separate. See, that's part of the old paradigm is that God is separate from us. We're one, unity consciousness. We're a team. And not only is the Lord there, but if, if you feel connected with the angels or any of the ascended masters, I mean, call in the whole upstairs department. I like to call it that. Call, I, call I, in the group. Okay, yeah, I do. A, I, I call in my etheric medical assistance team every day to help me. And when I'm doing Qigong, I call on Mother Earth energy and my own inner meditation guide. Um, I I call on them a lot. <laughs> so, right. But I think I, wait, that, yeah, excuse go me. Ahead. Go ahead. No, what I'm trying to say is, though, when you rewrite this, it, yes. it, it you want to make it powerful. And if it's more powerful for you to say, please, Lord, and my healing team or my um, my ascension team or your medical team, however you, whatever you call them, all of you come in together and we together will handle this. Yeah. So we as yeah, a team, yeah. it's not, it's not you all by yourself trying to handle it. It's the team. Yeah. And yeah. make that your new message. Yeah, I think I think that's that I do. I need to make that real, real clear and implicit to all levels of me. Even though I practice it, there's still that old pattern there where our ego, right? Try, it's trying to help us. I know it tries to take control and figure things out. And I love it, and I tell it it doesn't have to do that. That we can turn to spirit. But I think I like the way that you're saying that. You know, just making it very explicit. Could could you kind of state that once more for me? I got the first one. Please, Lord, let me hand let me handle one more thing. No, not let, let me, me handle. Please, Lord, I can handle. I will handle. I am handling. But or please, Lord, handle for me this next thing that co- is coming up. This this is yeah. I want this one. Just a minute. All right. But now here here's the thing and we and we don't have time to do this right now Loren unless you tell me that we do is there's actually a way to remove the old message 
Yeah, let's vibrationally. Can we vibrationally do that? Yeah. Okay. All right. So to do that, I need to say a prayer, Marjorie, and connect with you. Okay. And I'm going to say I, I'm going to say it quietly uh, because I do tend to say this quietly. <sighs> okay. So I can muscle test Marjorie for mm-hmm. you, and and I'm connected to you. So now we want to remove this message, please, Lord. I I cannot handle one more thing right now. Is that exactly the way it's worded? Is yeah, that is that worded correct? Okay. Yeah, so I can't. Okay, so right I'm now. gonna. All right, I'm going to remove that right now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take one of my hands, and my hand is electromagnetic, and I'm going to stroke the governing vessel meridian on my body because you and I are now connected. So I can do this on myself. So I'm now clearing. Please, Lord, I cannot handle one more thing right now. One, two, three. Clearing that from Marjorie. Now that energy, I can see that energy flowing off your back. Yes, I can. Can you feel it? I started taking deeper breaths, and I tend to hold a lot of the tension on my back on the left side. Okay. And th- and that's and that's releasing too? Yeah, I can feel that lightening a little. Yeah. Okay. All right. So take a deep breath in. And as you exhale, just blow out any remnants of that old message. Okay. Now we're going to take one of those messages, one of the rewrites that you like the best, and we're going to put that in. Which one is it? I like, let's see, I've got it written here. Please, Lord, handle for me this one more thing. Okay. Please, Lord, handle for me this one more thing. So I'm going to do three strokes in the upward direction. And each time I do that, I want you to say this statement. So here we go with number one. Please, Lord, handle one more thing for me, or however you have it worded there. Go ahead. Number one. Say it out loud. Please, Lord, handle for me this one more thing. Okay. Again. Please, Say Lord, it again. Hand, please, Lord, handle for me this one more thing. And a third time. Please, Lord, handle for me this one more thing. Okay. So that is now sealed in to your governing vessel meridian, and we're going to hold the intention that that then spreads through all the meridians in your body goes into your nervous system, goes into your cells, goes in everywhere to the water in your body. It's just going to spread out. That yeah, I vibration. Feel it definitely released like in the triple warmer on the left side, and then I got to yep. jerk up my spine, which I often do when I clear. Uh, shimmy so this, so this, this new message is coming in. The, other, the old message yes. went out. This one's coming in. And keep that on a piece of paper. And there's another technique I love. Because I work out of my home all the time, I like to hang messages on the wall where I'm going to see them. Because, you know, those of us who know how to read, we read everything. <laughs> and our subconscious is going to take it in every time we read it. So I like to do them in the bathroom. I have you know, make signs in the bathroom. But sometimes I put them just all around the house. Yeah. And even if you live with other people, it wouldn't hurt them to see the sign. 
So you could just, you know, in big letters on a piece of paper or you do it with a computer or magic marker or if you like to do artwork with it, that's fine too. Put the new message up and it will start coming to you more naturally. Yes, I, I very much uh, agree with that. I've, I've always loved affirming things and I have messages written all over and where I have my computer on the wall above it and on each side. So I see them all the time. But, but just just writing affirmations isn't enough. This way, we've actually embedded this message. It's already in there. Oh, and I realize to, that. Okay, yeah. and all you have to do, well, I'm saying this for everyone to really know this. Once you do that, that message is in there, and it's part of you. And it's a power message. It's an expansive message, right? It is, and it's also comforting. <laughs> Great. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marjorie. You are Thank very you. welcome. Yes, and I hope that this helped lots of other people on the call today, whatever emotion they might be dealing with, that, that it helps them too. Yes, absolutely. It has. It's very interesting how it works that way. So we thank you for sharing, Marjorie. Thank you for being here, and happy birthday. Thank you very well, happy much. Birthday. <laughs> and for anyone else out there who has birthdays, you know you're, you're welcome to revel in our happy birthday message, too. And actually, we try to cultivate a feeling that every day is our birthday. All right. Well, I digress here as we say goodbye. I want to give you time because this is where we're going to close with a beautiful process. Um, you know, we got a comment coming in that says, you know, one of her, her, she doesn't want to um, be on this earth. I do not want to be on this earth. So I am perfectly healthy. We're going to go into that. And um, the person who wrote that comment that could be part of this process too, right? Well, uh, yes, and definitely I want to say to that person, the earth that you can choose to be on is the new earth. Yeah. And you can choose to be there with a perfectly healthy body and to be there in joy and in love. The earth as it is right now, if you're experiencing it during this transition period, it's not a lot of fun at times. But it depends on how you choose to perceive it. And you have the choice of instead of feeling stressed out and unhappy, you could decide, you know what, I'm going to laugh. Yeah. This is this is ridiculous. This is silly. I mean, I don't listen to the radio very much, but sometimes I I do listen. And I hear some of the things that are being said, and I just burst out laughing. Because a lot of what's going on is so absurd when you see it from the higher perspective. So I encourage you to find the humor in everything. Humor is a requirement. Yes. Well, it's a requirement for health. <laughs> Seriously, if you want to be healthy... You you need to laugh, and you need to not just laugh in your throat or in your chest. You need to laugh with your belly. You need to laugh with your whole body. Find things <laughs> that are funny. Go, you know, yes. watch movies that that you yes. find humorous. And actually, you know, 
in the in the world of duality, laughter and crying are two sides of the coin. And you can you can if if you go to see a movie that you or well nobody goes to the movie these days, but if you're watching a film that somebody said, oh this film is really funny, and you're not finding it funny, you're finding it sad. That's okay. Have a good cry. Yeah. You'll feel better. It's cathartic. But yes, find things to laugh about. Yes. Yes. Okay. If that means pulling up an old Seinfeld episode so you laugh out loud or whatever it is, just do it. And um, for all of you New Earth comedians out there, this is a call for you to get busy. <laughs> Come on. We've got some work to do. Oh, um, yeah, we do. <laughs> Uh, but that's the fun part. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that, Netta. All right. So let's do this beautiful meditation to really feel this connection, this beautiful affirmation that is truth. Thank you. I am perfectly healthy. So I want you to take one of your hands, either one will do, palm facing your body. Hold it in front of your heart area. Let your hand be open softly and just feel your heart center. Feel how open or closed it is at the moment. Take a deep breath in. Expand your heart. Exhale and relax. And allow your consciousness to flow down into your heart center. This is a sacred space. This is a divine space. And in your heart center, your consciousness has full access to everywhere else in your body. So coming from your heart, we are now going to place the words, the vibration the frequency, I am perfectly healthy. And we're going to put it everywhere in all of your bodies, not just your physical body, but in all of your bodies. If you hear or feel or sense a contrary or conflicting thought about your health coming up, remember that you are telling your body what to create Whatever symptoms or energy patterns of dis-ease you may be experiencing or you may have experienced in the past will be dissolved with this new message. That is your intention. So each time I mention a part or location of your body, I want you to just image or think about that part in whatever way is easy for you. And then we're going to repeat the phrase, I am perfectly healthy. And you can say it out loud if that feels more powerful. Or you can whisper it or you can just think it. And imagine yourself placing it, feel yourself placing it into that part of your body. This is a divine intention of permanently resonating with the message, I am perfectly healthy. So we're going to start with your crown chakra. I am perfectly healthy in your crown chakra. Your third eye center. I am perfectly healthy going into your third eye center. Your throat chakra. I am perfectly healthy 
going into your throat chakra, your heart center, I am perfectly healthy, your solar plexus chakra, I am perfectly healthy, your sacral chakra, I am perfectly healthy, your root chakra, I am perfectly healthy, your brain, I am perfectly healthy. We're going to put I am perfectly healthy into your eyes, into your sinuses. I am perfectly healthy. Into your mouth and all parts of your mouth and your jaw. I am perfectly healthy. Into all the tissues of your mouth and your throat. I am perfectly healthy. Fill your lungs. I am perfectly healthy. Your physical heart. I am perfectly healthy. Your liver, I am perfectly healthy. Your spleen, I am perfectly healthy. Your intestines, I am perfectly healthy. Your kidneys, one on each side, I am perfectly healthy. Fill your lymph system, I am perfectly healthy. Say it again, I am perfectly healthy, I am perfectly healthy. Into all of your blood everywhere, I am perfectly healthy. I am perfectly healthy, I am perfectly healthy. Into your bone marrow, I am perfectly healthy. Visualize one cell of your body. I am perfectly healthy going into the cell wall. I am perfectly healthy going into the cytoplasm. And I am perfectly healthy going into all the DNA. And since our body is an expression of the divine template, which is a holographic template, by filling this one cell with the vibration the thought, the intention, I am perfectly healthy. We are now spreading it throughout our divine etheric template. There it goes, everywhere. All of the water in your body vibrates with I am perfectly healthy. Take a deep breath in. Exhale. And now just feel the vibration. I am perfectly healthy. Feel it vibrating everywhere, at every level of your being, your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, your spiritual body, and into your light body. All of you vibrates with perfect health. It's flowing through the meridians. It's flowing through the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, all the tissues, and into all of the 72,000 nadis, the life force channels of your entire auric field. So the next time someone says, how are you? You can say, I am perfectly healthy and know that that is true. Namaste. Namaste. I am perfectly healthy. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Netta Wattels, a spiritual empowerment coach and a woman on a mission to install heart consciousness in everyone. Netta, this has been a beautiful experience, and we thank you, thank you, thank you for the wisdom that you shared today. Thank you, Loren, and thank you, everybody on the call. And I hope you will all spread the word that every single one of us can learn to live from our hearts and have a life filled of joy and beauty and good health. Yes. Okay, so beautiful. So as we say goodbye and we dance our way to the cosmic heart, let's expand and send this love of the one heart to our planet and to the human heart grid. So here is the song of a tree. This is Mabel, and she is a pine tree, and she sings for us as we share our radiant love light with the planet.
Namaste.